This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agencies executives and learn about how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, I'm happy to welcome John Durham as my guest. John is the CEO of Catalyst SNF and a brand strategy firm that provides strategic marketing services rooted in media for startups and brands. In addition, he is the co-founder of Republic Project, and since 1992, passes on his vast marketing and sales knowledge to students at the University of San Francisco. John, great to have you on the show. And thank you, Stefan. Glad to be here. <laughs> John, I think, you know, where I would love to, to start off is to find out how did you end up in marketing and sales? Well, it's really interesting. I started out uh, undergrad in Washington, and I wanted to be in foreign service. And in my sophomore year, I took a class in political advertising. And this teacher changed my life. And I decided I want to be in marketing and advertising. So my undergrad and master's is in political marketing. I get out of grad school and go to work for Coca-Cola. Um, and so I've done it ever since grad school. I've been in the, I've been in the agency side, the publishing side, and the brand side. That's very interesting. Was there something particular with that professor that, that kind of made you move towards the advertising side? Something he said or, or? Well, she just got me thinking about, you know, I never, she said, you know, in the business, you know, marketers job is to get people to buy something. And she goes, there's nothing better than the election because either they win or they lose. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just learn to create marketing and messaging that drives people to do something. And that lesson stayed with me. And uh, I was just intrigued because she talked about campaigns and had some people in about how they were using insights and data even before it became fashionable to do that. You mentioned insights and data. Do you think these days that, that agencies have, have figured out how to use data and insights to create better, better campaigns and strategies for their clients? I think that they do. If not, they they have no choice. I mean, you know, talk to a lot of CMOs and they're just saying, you know, we don't need thousands of points of light. Mm -hmm. We just need four or five insights that we can actually act upon during the year. And if we got that, that would be that would be gold. Um, you know, I I think we are drowning in data and I think agencies that are worth their weight are really finding those nuggets and those insights and in doing so they they deliver tremendous worth not only to themselves but value to their to their client that's 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 really interesting um you know obviously agencies from my perspective are a little bit pushed to using using data these days because you know how do you make decisions but you know from a brand perspective when when i read what what brands do these days, I still feel they they still lack a lot in, in kind of using the data they already collect, segmenting them and, and getting the right information out of it. Do you think it's it's more bigger companies so, so enterprises are, are are doing a better job than, than smaller companies or is it the other way around? I don't think anybody's doing a great job. Uh, 
hide it really well because they don't want anybody to know about it. I think there's some that are doing a really good job and there's some that are doing an average job. The problem is they're trying, everybody's trying to be cute, too mm. cute when brands need, they need to do stuff. They need to sell things. They need to, they need to do something along the journey continuum and they just need those one or two insights that are going to help them fashion the creative, fashion the media plan, fashion that customer to do something. It's not rocket science. I think we're making it hard. I think we make it hard because I think people are trying to justify some of their existence. But I, I mean, the companies that are doing it really good, they're under the radar mm-hmm. and they're just delivering those five or six meaningful insights and bringing them alive in all forms of media and messaging. Would it be right to say that, that one of the biggest challenges for agencies is using the right, using data correctly and, and, and yes. in, in the best way? Yes. And having people who are trained in understanding how to take data to knowledge. That's the most valuable insight. Most people can take data and play with it, but how do you take data into actionable knowledge to do something that that's the winner <laughs> i have to chuckle when you say that because i quite often have conversations with our team here to talking to clients about the monthly report you know and it's like don't write down impressions increased by x or cpc increased by this it's like they can read that out of out of a reporting sheet right but what does it mean why is it is there a competitor that all of a sudden came into the picture have they a better messaging and if so what are we recommending as a as a company as a, as a marketing service provider to the client to do in order to overcome the challenge that you know that messaging might create well you'll create a massive point of differentiation when you do that Because that will separate you because most people are doing, you know, like clicks to conversions and they're doing this this data reporting. Data reporting is easy. You can read that on a spreadsheet. Yeah. A brand manager or product manager or CMO or CFO or who's ever looking at it. Okay. What does this mean? What can we do with it? How's this knowing that we've got a bunch of 25 to 34 year olds that are converting? They're actually going to the conversion page, but they leave. Wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. Need to look at that. You know, that's and stuff that's, you don't. Sorry, go ahead. You just need to. You need to pick up, and you need to drive. And again, that separates you because you're delivering smarts, and people want knowledge. Mm-hmm. Help them make intelligent buying decisions. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more uh, on that. On that statement. So as we wanted to talk today about someone found, oh, you found an agency, how are you becoming successful? And then whatever someone defines it successful, whether they say, you know what, I can, I can have a certain salary that, 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 that satisfies my needs, or I want to build out a hundred person agency. I mean, there are many things in between those two scenarios um, that, that people might strive for. But um, what you just said, I think is, is really important that this, is going the extra mile and actually providing the service beyond just the obvious. I mean, that, that would be the first thing to be successful. I agree. And I think in 2019, if you're approaching that last mile and working backwards, 
you will you will be ahead of the pack. Uh, I think we get so caught up in process mm-hmm. that we forget that you know we're still a bunch of women and men tasked with getting people to do stuff. And you know we have all this intelligence and you know and insights, and we get to we get to you know play art and science and get people to do stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I think of the last mile, and I think if you're building an agency today, you're really driven against solutions mm-hmm. for the customer. That makes sense. Um, we all collect data, but obviously the one key is to to slice and dice the data to be able to to come up with with, with the smart suggestions to plan. From your perspective, right. are there certain tools that you know, agencies should use in order to make it easier on them? I, you know, obviously, you know, having the, the, the person on board who knows how to, to look at those blocks that, hey, wow, look at this insight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's, and, hey, look what I found. What does everybody think? Gut check it. Uh, I think there's a lot of great companies out there who are providing tools. I don't, there's a one answer company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Google probably do some good stuff. I think Salesforce probably does some things. Um, you know, several companies come to mind, but there's nobody that just grabs at me. They're just like, wow. This company mm-hmm. does it all and does it right. And would would you say, I mean, with a normal, I don't promote this product, obviously, but with a normal Google Analytics setup with, with proper dashboards created, you know, event tracking, goal tracking in place, I mean, that that, sh- that could be the first step to, to, to get a handle of, of all the data, right? And get an easy overview of things. Yes. Yes. It's like, almost like a prerequisite. You know, yes. if, you, if you don't want to go to Salesforce, which obviously is a very expensive platform, right? Um, and as a small agency or, or, you know, a one person agency, you might not be able to afford to, 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 to buy a Salesforce license. Having at least Google Analytics in place for your clients and making sure that it's properly set up, that it collects the data. That, you know, Google Analytics is a great tool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great first step. I think it's a good education. I think it, it's a it's a good gut check, uh, and I I can't imagine honestly anybody uh, not having Google Analytics. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, we're both run agencies. I mean, I have I have a good number of clients or had a number of clients that that had Google Analytics tags in place, but. They were obviously not properly set up, and then they don't collect the right data or don't collect complete data, which which in itself creates a problem. Because then, even if you would go in and use that data, it clearly is, is giving you a complete incorrect picture at the end of the day. So it's not only but, having. You know, I think you bring up. I think that's actually an interesting point: is the efficacy of the data. And this is where I think the power of the agency really comes through, because the agency is going to be that. Uh, that neutral observer to really look at things from an unvarnished point of view. 
versus somebody internally. And why I think it's important that people, I mean, companies have people internally. This is where I think agencies can deliver real value because if they're bringing that, that, that unvarnished individual, that to me is a real powerful uh, business. I mean, I mean, I just think it's a real strong business. From your perspective, how would you go out and sell that then to to a client? Because they will come to you and say, "Well, you know, I, we don't need someone to provide us data insights because we we have this data person in house, and, and that person tells us everything we know." How would you and respond I think, to and that? It, and I think that you know, and they do. But I, you know, I argue then why you know you have an agency, an, an external agency that you use mm-hmm. to present creative, and you use to present media. And that at the same time, you take advantage of all their services. It doesn't mean that you don't utilize your in-house people, but you have people that are looking at the marketplace. They're looking at a, God, I can't believe I'm going to use this word, a very holistic view of a market <laughs> versus yeah. versus a very myopic view uh, and a frame of reference of the client. And I think sometimes mm. that that objectivity can be very powerful, particularly in consumer brands. Because that, that individual in-house might have a tunnel view by looking at, at exactly. data points. Well, and, and, and they do. Their, their lens is, no, I don't think that they're bad by no means, but I think their lens is a bit guarded or mm-hmm. jaded because they're looking at it from the lens of the, of the brand and the agency is looking at it from the lens of the marketplace. And I think those two can be very powerful. So to me, you're trusting the agency for your creative. You're trusting the agency for strategy and for media. You should do the same thing and trust them for for data insights. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. We talked about data being kind of this important thing in 2019. What other things can agencies do or, or individuals do that want to build an agency to set themselves apart from the players that are already in the market? Great question. Uh, (laughs) I think it's a great time to be in the agency business. I think everybody says all the agencies are dead. I mean, they said television is dead, radio's dead, newspapers. Newspapers may be dead, but I think everything else is alive and kicking. I think the agency business is great. Because what's happening is agencies are inventing themselves to really carve out what they do well. Mm-hmm. We do brand strategy. You know, you do very actionable X. Mm-hmm. You know, some agencies focus only on creative and different verticals and different categories. I think the world today is the art of the specialist is even mm-hmm. more powerful and more opportunistic. And from a brand perspective, you've got such better a such better menu to pick the right providers because there's so many people that are thinking they're just thinking smart and thinking right okay um it kind of feels a little bit like then we would have come full circle because you know i've been in, in, in digital marketing 14 years you obviously have been much longer but i feel that you know when i started off there was a lot about specialists you know you had a specialist search agency you had a specialist affiliate marketing agency and you name it right and then we moved into 
Let's have full service agencies that can do everything. It doesn't matter whether there are two people sitting there and doing everything, you know, um, but they're full service. And what you just said is basically, you know what, if, if you, if you want to go into the market now, you want to come out of your full-time position, maybe at an agency, wherever you are, um, think about finding a specialist um, topic where you're really good and offer that instead of saying, I can do all of this, but maybe I'm more generalist. You know, I think that's a really good point. I like strategy because I think strategy gets lost. Brands mm -hmm. want strategy. They just don't want to pay for it. So we, you know, we we work with agencies to provide white label strategy, or we work mm -hmm. directly with brands, and then work with their agencies to help them bring it alive. So we're both. But I like strategy. I respect the men and women who are in media. Respect mm -hmm. the men and women who are in creative. Uh, I've worked in all those environments where you have all of that, but you have a point of view that becomes one-sided, and sometimes B to B. And B2C, as you know, are never the same. And even mm -hmm. in B2C, there's so many different types that sometimes you need you need those you need that external voice that has a sense of objectivity. Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes that makes sense. So is is the is the idea? You know, you see a lot of collectives popping up, right? Um, and kind of this group of people were were someone with strategy background, someone with creative background, someone with I don't know, paid search background, you, you kind of can fill the list. Is that the way to move forward? That, that, that individuals? Well, that's one way. That's mm -hmm. one way. I, you know, I know firms who are doing that. They're putting these collectives of brain power. I tend to like to work with media shops that do media. Mm -hmm. I tend to like to work with creatives that do creative, B2B creative, B2C creative. Um, and, you know, I know all the people who play and what I know all of my competitors and I know mm -hmm. for the majority across the country what they do really well. And I know how we compete against them and how they compete against us. And I just I think big is just not cool today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not that I think holding companies are, you know, they're going to go away. They're not. But if you're an emerging brand or you're a brand that needs a, a, a better share of voice, you're a brand that needs to write your story, tell your story, you need a fresh perspective. There's far more choices today, far better choices than just being in New York. Uh, <laughs> there's across the country so many great people to work from. Yeah. And I think create that work-life balance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what I also wanted to add to that is, it's probably also a question of, of, of the fee that that brand has to pay for the service they receive, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I work for big global agencies. Um, you work for Car Carrot, as I saw in your you know your LinkedIn profile. Um, I mean, you know, hourly rates for even juniors at big holding companies. Yeah, hi, you pay $250, $250 for someone who has less than a year experience just because the office is on Madison Avenue in New York, you know, and the office yes. is expensive there. And the, the, the hat needs to be paid and you name it, right? So when you work with someone that is, or with a company that is more streamlined, that maybe has a more um, virtual approach to things where overhead is lower, you know, you might even get better people because, you know, you don't, you're not 
stuck with someone who has a year experience. I don't want to say someone who has a year experience is not good. There are exceptions, you know, but the reality is someone who has been in, in that field for four or five years, they have worked on different projects, they have seen different scenarios and had to overcome different I, situations. So they're much more experienced and know what to do. I agree. You know, to, you know, to paraphrase the Uber, the great gig economy, there's a lot of smart people out there that in 2019 are looking at their life in a different way and sometimes touching in and bringing those people in on projects. I personally love projects. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's challenging. There's the economic model of projects makes uh, business challenging, but we've been project-based for 10 years. We started out as a modicum of retainer in projects. But the world's gone to projects. Retainers are uh, are moving away. Projects are measurable. Projects are actionable. Uh, doesn't mean they're cheap. It just means that, that to me, they're they're more accurately reflecting the marketplace. Yeah, I I I agree. I totally agree. Um, on on another on another topic. So. When it comes to building an agency, obviously having the right people in place is, is quite important. Unless you start off your agency and bring in a big client, you know, you usually start off with having one small one, maybe it feeds one person, maybe it feeds two people. Um, what, when you grow, what people should someone hire next? Should they go for someone that is an execution person? Should they go for another senior person to offload some of the um, some of the work that has to be done from, from a building the agency perspective? It's one I think about all the time. <laughs> My first criteria is curiosity. Mm -hmm. I want people who are curious. That doesn't define them by age. That doesn't define them by education. That defi defines them more about their their lens into experience. Uh, I have hired people right out of college that have mm -hmm. just been rock stars, and then I've hired people that have burnt out, and I didn't see it mm -hmm. uh, because they didn't they you know they talked the game. Uh, to me, curiosity, how you view the world, how you see the opportunity, how you know. I think people is the is the hidden joy in our business. Seth and I have hired many, 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 many people. And I've been very fortunate. So many have worked. But there's been about 15, 18, 20 that have been disasters that take down the Golden Gate Bridge in, a, in an earthquake. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? And I went back, why didn't they work out? It's because, you know, the criteria that I look for, EQ, IQ, AQ, CQ. Uh, AQ is asshole quotient and CQ, C is cultural. <laughs> is, mm -hmm. I didn't see the four of them blending well together. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Uh, but I've been very lucky. I have really got to work for and with such good people. And I, I get so proud when people who work for me get hired away. Mm -hmm. Some people really freak out over that. I consider it a badge of courage. That means I've hired well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
let's say you found an agency, what things would you do yourself? And then, you know, obviously a day has 24 hours and a week has seven days. And which other things you would delegate? Is there something that you say, you know, what do the things that you best in and focus on that and for everything else, bring contractors or whoever you want to hire in? Or would you approach that differently? Master, I love going out getting the business. I know what I do well. Mm -hmm. uh, I love getting the business. It's neurotic, but I love hunting. I love the hunter going out and prospecting and talking and asking questions. And that part gets me very excited. Uh, fortunately, because I know my strength mm -hmm. and I know the things I'm not good at, I tend to make sure that surround myself with people who are better than me in the other areas that we need to be a complete team. Okay. And that's um, how I think about it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you mentioned you have hired people from college. I had this question written down, cheap juniors or expensive seniors. What's your view on that when it comes to hiring? Does it well, depend on the position? Uh, somewhat, but I'll tell you why it's worked for me, because when they're in class, and usually mm -hmm. I get them in their senior year, I see how okay. they present, mm -hmm. I see how they write, I see how they interact with people. So I'm already ahead of their of the curve to see how they are as people. And more important, I've seen the writing and the uh, presentation skills, which mm -hmm. I think is very, very important. So I have a little leg up on that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also willing to give them a chance. And a lot of people, I, I want somebody with three years experience, three years experience in this, you know, is number one, you're going to tend to overpay because they're going to be, they're going to think they're worth a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're usually not. And if you've seen them in college, you know how they handle risk. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. I really do. So that's a, that's a big, as you said, you got a leg up there. Um, how would you recommend other people approaching that, you know, that 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 scenario, cheap juniors or expensive senior, the, the ones that don't teach and therefore, you know, don't see how 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 the how the students uh, kind of, you know, hold themselves up in in stress situation, how they present, how they write, and those kind of things. It's just instinct. I've just been lucky. Um, it's just instinct in conversations. I tend to hire more younger because I think it's better. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have a better chance of uh, their eagerness, their curiosity. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I hire very senior, they usually have a real nuanced expertise. You mentioned earlier, you had a slight negative statement about processes. If you bring in junior people, obviously for you they are they're a little bit more vetted because you've seen them in, in the classroom environment. You dead. I can't hear you. Oh, can you say anything? John? Yes, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, let's give it a few seconds so that they can stick it uh, together. Um, you mentioned earlier um, you talked about processes and you had a slight negative comment on processes in, in regards to importance. Since you are hiring people, I, I don't expect you're hiring everyone from university, but some of them, 
um, who are juniors and, and have probably no prior experience, how important for those scenarios are, or for those scenarios are processes to make sure that they do the work in a way how you envision it and how you want to provide it to a client? Great question. And usually the people that they work for really spend time with them to make sure that they they do the right appropriate hand holding uh, and they spend spend time. And we take very young people to sit in with clients and to observe. So they see how clients are, and they see how we observe and handle. So mm-hmm. they don't get they don't get shut out at the door. They get to see and they're like immediately thrown into the ocean and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there are times that you need to have a conversation with them. They you're either, you know, can't be too enthusiastic, but you can be too much of a um, a noodle at times. Mm-hmm. And I just you got you got to sort of always stay diligent. And is there something like I mean, something like too many processes? And are there certain processes you say you know what you should have at least these five processes in place to make sure the basic operation runs smoothly? Well, I definitely think they. You know, they need to know all of the uh, Microsoft skills. Mm-hmm. They need to know how to complete a sentence. They need to know how to talk on the phone, talk to mm-hmm. people. You know, we spend time on body language, uh, how to read a room, how to read people. Um, we go through a lot of that, what I call people quotient, mm-hmm. and people understanding how to read people. That's what we do in our business. Mm-hmm. So that's to me very important. Is, is that something from your perspective that is something natural given or something that you can also teach someone and that person can be as effective as someone that, that naturally might have that capability? I, I think I think it's a combination of both today. Mm-hmm. I think digital does many things. Uh, I think digital does many things right. Mm-hmm. But You've got to make sure you temper people being obsessed with the screen by also understanding human nature. And then mm-hmm. you create systems that allow them to dabble in both. Mm-hmm. See how they function. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to briefly come back to um, to offering, service offering. I mean, we haven't talked about it specifically but earlier, you, when we talked about you know whether someone should specialize in, in something that they do really good or whether they should become a generalist, um, one question that I, that I see quite often coming up is in forums where where we provide feedback is should I provide a service that I normally don't provide just to keep a client because there is a danger of another agency coming in and they also provide the other services we already give to that client. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, which is one reason why that I like what we do. Because a lot of agencies, oh, we have a brand strategist and they're nothing more than a comps planner. <laughs> and you know, and uh I don't want I don't want to do what you do. I don't want to do what creative agencies do. Mm-hmm. I know what we do best. We developed systems, <laughs> process, methods to get to the essence of a brand. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I like that. Um, you know, do we weigh in when we're asked about, well, how would you take that to life? But only with the caveat that, you know, we're not creative, mm-hmm. you know, we're not media. Uh, but we will spend time with their creative and media shops and help them figure out how do we come to this play. Like today, I was with the uh, firm's PR agency going through our new brand positioning and the PR firm said, oh, this is really good. We need this for tone and voice. This is mm-hmm. our new boilerplate. And so, you know, we didn't write it as boilerplate, but it ended up being the language that they can now work with. Because mm-hmm. they were sort of stuck in how do they better tell the story. So basically, what you should kind of summarize what you said is like, you know, be confident in what you do. Provide a great job there. If you do so, you know, there most likely is no danger in losing that client. But if you overextend, there might be a danger that you lose the client because you're not able to deliver the solution as good as you deliver the other service that and, you already give. And I argue that you know what you do well. That's mm-hmm. what the client buys. Mm-hmm. And if you say, you know, all of a sudden you become staples, hey, we can do that, you, be, you begin diminishing your worth. And I just think. That's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one question on finances. I read an article today about cash flow and, and loan for for small businesses, but I think it applies to agencies too. The key line there was, you know, it doesn't matter whether you have a positive cash flow and you're a small company, you should go and take out a loan at this point because you don't know how long you're doing well and when you're not doing well, might be harder to take a loan out. Do you have any any view on that? Would you say, you know, go out, you have a positive cash flow, go out, get a loan and put it aside, pay the monthly, pay it monthly off, but just have the money for for bad situations? I've talked to a lot of agencies who have done that and they've been more happy than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many people who are doing that. Uh, but because we're so projecting time constraint, mm-hmm. you know, we sort of stay on top of what we need to do. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've thought about it, I, but I've talked to some people who are very glad they did that. So mm-hmm. I guess there's, uh, in answer to your question, a greater feeling about it being good today than in the past. Okay. So we talked very early in the podcast about, you know, what is important in 2019. We talked about data, but what's your vision for, for the agency in general in the future, especially taking consideration, you know, that AI, for example, is becoming such an important or such a strong um, solution in the market that might, you know, I don't know, in two, three, four years is able to create paid search campaign or buy autonomously programmatic campaigns or paid social campaigns or Google is improving their platform to literally almost to a point where there is no human input required to buy media. Um, and then obviously cost is also a huge factor. So what, what's your view on the vision of the agency in the future? Is there a particular area where you think, you know, a lot of agency will move towards? I think the agency is going to create this sense of bifurcation mm-hmm. that brands are going to hire specialists. They're going to hire us for this on projects. They're going to hire you on continuing media. They're going to hire somebody else for creatives. They need it. And then they're, 
they're going to hire someone who helps can help them understand mobile commerce and help them understand uh, artificial intelligence and drive it into marketing suite. I think the agency of the future is going to be a collection of intelligence offerings mm -hmm. geared to what you do best. And you scream that loud. And when you do so, you'll win business because you're not <laughs> everything to everybody. That's a good point. Um, if you had to, if you have one last advice or one advice to, to kind of, you know, people out there that either founded an agency and are in their early uh, stages or that are thinking about uh, founding an agency or going freelancer, um, what would that advice be? Something that they should do or something they should really focus on? If they got a bad client, get rid of them. Nothing destroys culture than a bad client. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I think we all have. Too many uh, of us sometimes, and too many of us sometimes will keep that client because of cash. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I have seen that that can be devastating to culture. That can be devastating to the human humanity of our business. Yeah, I think it's I can. Good. Go ahead. I just think it's not good. Yeah, that's a yeah. lesson that I learned the hard way, but. Uh, um, one that I subscribe to. Get rid of bad clients. And I, I think I can can uh, attest that that's really a point that uh, yeah you should you should not forget about uh, in the future. Get rid of bad clients. Um, they will just cause you too much headache, and it doesn't matter how much you earn with them. It's it's not worth the challenges and problems they create. Internally. They take away the soul of your team. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's, absolutely. That's what we sell. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through it. I've learned the hard way. And boy, I tell you what, it's now the easiest lesson. <laughs> I don't do it often. Yeah. But when I do it, I don't, you know, I go through the, I go through the analysis, but I know if I've reached that point, then I know they need to go. Hmm. Great. John, I mean, thank you so much. We're unfortunately at, at the end of, of the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, Same here. How, how can people find out more about you and Catalyst SNF? Uh, CatalystSF.com. Uh, okay. Easy website. The, S, the SNF stands for Strategy Fundamentals, not mm -hmm. San Francisco. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're fundamentally a strategy agency. Right, great. And we'll put the... Uh, the email address and uh, everything else in in the uh, in the information for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at symphonichq. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.